This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason Glick, how you doing? I am doing great, John, because you know where we're recording this from? Uh, where are we recording it from? We're recording it from the Hyatt Hotel at San Jose for Faname. Faname Con, indeed. Yeah, yes. lots of fun and Why? all that other bullshit. Oh, so, someone else is here. Yes, that's and right. Vader. That's, a, that's a different sound than we're used to hearing from this from this recording. <laughs> so everyone, I'd like to give a big welcome back to my friend Steve. And Chester, Hello. Like, yes, welcome back, Steve. Yeah, Steve has been on the podcast before, uh, just through Skype, I believe. Yeah, that was for what, Future Diary? Yes, because, and if you've been... I hate you. <laughs> Yes, because if you if um, you've noticed all the times that I've um, linked to um, like an example of something that's so bad it's good, you'll know, like I link to my Future Diary podcast, which Steve was a part of. Yes, yes, and believe it or not, I didn't actually plan this latest podcast with him, uh, with involving him, but um, he actually turns out to be have he's actually going to be filling the same function here because we're talking about buried garbage of manga. Now, I know you're going like, Jason, um, like the last couple of times you've done this at Faname, you've talked about buried treasures of manga. Well, it turns out there's, that, you know, just as there's like plenty of other great stuff and great manga treasures that, you know, haven't been, that have like, you know, been lost to the sands of time, there's also uh, been some stuff that, you know, has deservedly been, you know, forgotten for good reason. And um, I want to talk about one in particular, one that Steve read years ago when he was living at um, some mutual friend's house. And, um, you know, he just read because... May it burn forever. <laughs> yeah, that, that about sums it up here. Because I'm, I'm talking about this, this series called um, Wounded Man. It's written by um, Kazuo Koike, who's given us some genuine classics. Or one all-time classic in the form of um, Lone Wolf and Cub. And plenty of other great series, such as um, Crying, Crying Freeman, Path of the Assassin, and Samurai Executioner. But um, Wounded Man... Wounded Man is kind of a really special case. Because this is a series published by um, Comics One back in the early days of the manga revolution. So early, in fact, that it was actually flipped that you read this normally, or normally for American readers, and being re- read from left, it reads from left to right. And um, I can only imagine this, this, the whole reason this was published in the first place is because of Dark Horse's um, immense success with Koike's um, Lone Wolf and Cub at the time. So they just went looking for a second. What else can we get from this guy that is going to be that is that is cheap and we can publish and and we, and we can and we can publish? So they found out, they came up with this series and oh god, Wounded Man is a special kind of awful and I am not surprised that it has remained um, you know unlicensed and not licensed rescued even by Dark Horse. Seeing as how they've shown a willingness to um that you know, pick Tokyo pick the um the the uh, cherries of Tokyo Pop's um, back library um, clean. So, Wounded Man, what, what is it about, really? It's about um, a guy named um, Keisuke Ibaraki whose life was ruined by an organization called GPX. Steve, what does GPX stand for? Ostensibly, it stands for God's Pornographic X-Rated Films, yes. I think. And that should tell you exactly what kind of series we're talking about here, because we because um, it starts off with um, this one girl um, Yuko, uh, reporter in Japan who also was like um, pretty good at karate, um, and she and she goes to um, goes to Brazil to learn about these um, Japanese guys who are like making a living in the current Brazil gold rush. Mind you, the series was published in the mid '80s, 
So that gives, just to give you an idea of like the, the time and mindset we're dealing with here. And so she she goes there with her with her crew, and it turns out that hey, you know, there's turns out there's this one Japanese guy here who goes by the name of the White Haired Demon, and he's yeah, it's like he's like the um, supposed to be like the most badass person out there. And when she winds up encountering this guy, oh, he just rapes her right on the spot because just to teach her a lesson, to because hey, you know, this is too dangerous for you. It's like you might as well just go home. But you no. Know, have a gentle raping on your way out. Yes, and like you know, but yo, know, it's not really a real raping because he's still the hero. He just sticks it in her, great, um, pierces, pierces her hymen, and realizes, oh, you're a virgin. Okay, that's good enough. I'm gonna leave you. Leave, I assume you've learned your lesson. You're just gonna go home and, and assume, like, you know, that hey, you're just gonna like go lead a normal life from here on out. But no, she, um, she, like, she's so angry at this guy. That um, she's going to go and uh, you know expose him for the cretin he is, and this leads to like you know her and her crew going into the Brazilian, like Brazilian wilds, getting um, running afoul of the locals, and then being rescued by Keisuke, and as he as um, the locals have basically um, tied like tied her to a tree and are basically forcing her crew to rape her in order to, uh, it's like in order it's like in order to uh, like, be be freed from their from their evil clutches, but Keisuke shows up. Um, grabs the tree that Yuko is tied to and starts swinging it around to um, pick up the, these bad, bad locals. The Mafia. Like, yeah, because, you know, Mafia's bad. Yeah, yeah. Clearly. Just knowing that these are, these are bad guys, really. Mafia. Yes, Mafia. Okay. And of course, at one point, you know, it's like, like Casey winds up getting blood in his eyes. And so you ask Yuko, who, who is tied naked to this tree, to just piss on his face so he can clear all the blood from his eyes. And of course she does this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the kind of series that we're talking about here. And, you know, this, this review is just going to be nothing but summaries of what's in this, in this manga. Because, you know, it's, it just defies belief that, you know, that someone could, like, put out a manga as, as trashy and ridiculous as, as this. You can sort of see why uh, no publisher really wants to, like, do anything more with this property. No one really wants to touch this thing with a goddamn barge pole. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it's a Japanese male power fantasy run completely amok Circa um, 1985. It's uh yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah, I'm gonna dig out some quotes in the first uh, <laughs> volume. So why don't you go ahead? and yeah. keep on doing but, things. Because here's the thing, like you know, this just to show you, like you know, how why this is like Japanese male power fantasy. I've talked about Keisuke's first love, Natsuko, who's a Japanese. Um, you know, she was a uh, leader of a Japanese um, girl gang that Keisuke managed to run over to, went over to his side through sheer manliness. But the thing is that Keisuke was apparently he's a star quarterbacker. Back in college, and because you know, hey, because you know he's, and why, you know, why is he? You're wondering why is he a, a quarterback when you know Japan gives cares, gives not one shit about American football. Well, that's because you know, hey, this is like the age when Japan was like you know in the bubble economy and like you know po- poised to take on the world. And so, hey, you know what better way could could, we, could there be to show a Japanese dominance over America by having one of its um, own citizens be like an American quarterback? I was the quarterback of my football team, so you're no match for me, though you know karate. Yes. And it's like, and Casey's um, star move throughout, a signature move throughout the series is a quarterback charge where he goes, ready, set, go, and he just knocks the guy, that's the opponent, whoever he, he may be, out by using a like, standard quarterback charge. It, it is ridiculous and um, ridiculous and silly. I want to stop you there for a moment. Standard quarterback charge, because that's a move American quarterbacks use. They charge the shit out of their opponents. Yes. Please continue. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't 
I think that they, like, um, Koike pays as much attention to American, American football as I do. So, <laughs> well, so. there we go, then. Mm-hmm. That explains that. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of like, you know, like, an, like, taking, like he's, he's taking like, all the symbols of American dominance and just filtering through a Japanese perspective, which makes for a fascinating read as the series goes on. But as the series goes on, you know, you know Keisuke eventually wins over Yuko. We find out the um, the sad story of um, Keisuke's first love, Natsuko, because apparently um, he w- they were um, recruited by um, GPX to be um, the next stars in their films. GPX gets all the great stars, but apparently, like including that one that you've seen in all the films, and that other guy you've seen in these other movies as well. But now there's cases move over to like sports stars, and that's why they get Keisuke and his love and his girlfriend, and they just um, and they um, try to starve them. Um, like in their, it's like in their prison. But you know, Keisuke and and Natsuko, Natsuko basically, um, they show them, hey, we're, our love is stronger than this. And um, it's like, and eventually, like you know, Natsuko bit my tougher tongue in order to um, give Keisuke the means to um, fight on and um, defeat defeat the bad guys. And um, Keisuke's hair eventually turns white after finding that his wife, his mother is raped and killed by GPX because he wouldn't play ball with them. Yeah. It's so yeah. It it, it just gets keeps better, getting better and better here. And then you get um, Keisuke, you know, like eventually winning over Natsuko. She hates him, but she loves him in equal measure because you know that's how emo- real emotions between humans work. <laughs> so uh, I'm here looking at this scene where uh, uh, she's uh, she's her vagina is itchy for plot reasons. Uh, okay, yeah. so uh, she knocks the fuck out of this KSK dude, and then starts, uh, starts like, uh, raping him. Yeah, this, the series is... To it, deal with the itch. The series is, great. is porno as fuck, man. I mean, I don't know what to say here. I mean, like, uh, Koike's um, work has always been, had a healthy amount of sex in here, but this is kind of like, wow, it's like, man, this is almost like, it's like, it's like, you know, you know, you know, you know porn when you see it, and this is kind of like if um, we had it, and it's like you're just saying like, like the uh, the artist Ryoichi Ikigami in one of his um, earlier works and first collaboration with Koike, I believe. Um, apparently, he, well, he's adhering to Japanese um, censorship standards and just does not draw um, Keisuke's penis throughout the course of the series because you know Japan has this thing against drawing genitalia, so you get these. Like impressionistic glimpses of Keisuke's manhood, but most of the time you're just saying like, "Yeah, Keisuke got no dick." <laughs> that that's that's what that's how it rolls with him. So, but I mean, you, you get the uh, but you know eventually it's like you know the first three volumes, which are um, double sized as Comics One published them, basically cover the uh, Keisuke's whirlwind romance with with um, with Yuko and um, his acquiring acquiring of a giant jungle fortune and some really awful um, like uh, native stereotypes as well which you know it's kind of like I could take um, take him to task for for uh, for um, perpetrating these kinds of stereotypes but it's kind of like when you're taking Japan to task for uh, ethnic stereotyping it's kind of like mocking the mentally challenged no they don't know better I mean, that's it sounds awful but really that's like Japan just has, has not shown any inclination to like really um, learn about this kind of stuff. So plus it's from the eighties. 
Uh, yes, it's absolutely terrible. And just one more reason why the series has likely remained um, unres unlicensed rescued all this time. And one more reason why it's um, this, this is titled Buried Garbage. I mean, I'm telling you people, this is this series is terrible. I mean, yes, it's not boring, but it's still terrible. I mean, it's like it's it's like I'm not saying I'm not saying this is this is like awesome in it's like you know in how it finds new and interesting ways to be terrible, like Future Diary. I mean, Future Diary at least managed to avoid any um, you know insensitive racial topics and um, and mis and misogyny, which oh god, man, it's like it's Keisuke just overpowers every woman he sees in here, from Natsuko Yuko to Diamond Peggy, the uh, the the. Um, white female shipbuilder who um, becomes his, his third major love in the course of the series and um, it's like and it's just and and who also gives her life to save Keisuke because you know that's how because that, that's how he is he just you know is so manly that he he, uh, he gives all his all to overpower all the girls here so it's kind of so yeah it's say it's it's ridiculous and um, but you know hey he gets like Casey gets the gets his gigantic fortune at, at towards the end of volume three, and then like um, everything that's how the halfway point for like first few volumes double sized volumes. Then you get volumes four through nine, which are regular sized, and the back half of the series, and you know, things just get even crazier because then he um, return now that he's got this gigantic like four trillion dollar fortune. He returns to um, the Did you say trillion trillion. Okay, just making sure. Just make, yeah, that's that's true. And um, he returns. He returns to the states to assume the identity of um, Joe Tsurugi, it's like like billionaire, like a trillionaire entrepreneur who buys his own football team, becomes his manager, and its star quarterback. Yes. Yes. And um, and Peggy becomes Diamond Peggy, like um, supermodel, um, fashionista, and everything. And but their goal is to kill because he's. Because he's a super, superstar athlete, and she's just like really fucking hot. Um, they're gonna get um, GPX's attention, and then he's gonna, he's gonna like find find a way to um, track them down and beat them at their own game. Well, turns out that yeah, yeah that that, um, G, that the GPX porno wing is being run by the mafia, and after he um, takes out their their mafia head while losing Peggy in the process, because of course she's gonna die, because that's you know that's makes it extra tragic. Uh, extra with an X. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And and of course, like after because you know because um because um KCA as Joe Tsuruki has conquered um, American like you know American sports and American media. Now he can conquer the American mafia. <laughs> yeah, because he because he's he's because he taken out the he's taken out the uh, GPX uh, head like mafia head who's making all the pornos. And uh, he's running the running the mafia now from New York's Little Italy. It's like, and he's also got his own, like his own buddies, like the, the suit, this American cop who asks, this big dude who asks to um, like, you know, fuck a, fuck a girl every every day or else his blood will go bad. This um, gay sports car driver and this um, wimpy little um, like um, mafia guy who tried to, who tried to kill Casey by stabbing him, but um, after he stabbed him, Casey just flexed the uh, knife out of his arm and it was okay. Yes. Yeah. All of these things. Yeah, that's a, that's kind of like a thing that KSK does over the course of the series. He flexes to um, get shit out of the system, like bullets, knives, really in the second half of the series, and also just you know just to um, rock around without his shirt off. Because I mean, 
for God's sake, I mean, he run like late, uh, ladies. I don't know if this is just interesting at all, but he just ru- walks around like the last two thirds of the series without a shirt because he's just because he's just flexed it right off of his body. Cause that's what he does, and it's and yeah, it's ridiculous. But at the same time, you're just showing this is the '80s. It's how you show you were a man. You just walk around without a shirt off, showing you how completely ripped and burly you were. He didn't need body armor. He's like he in volume one. He's deflecting. 32 caliber bullets with his muscles. But 32 caliber is a shitty caliber. It is a shitty caliber, but it's still a bullet. And bullets still fucking hurt. Because they go into you, and then they kill you. But not this guy. But it's 32 caliber. Shut up! (laughs) Okay. The Stevens are a resident gun expert, so I'll take him as his word there. Okay. But, um... But, you know, like, after he takes over the Mafia, he gets, um, winds up running a file of GPX's latest assassin, the 16-year-old Misty. <laughs> Remember, ladies and gentlemen, she's 16-year-old. She's, um, over the age of consent in most states. But more importantly, in Japan. Yes. Yeah, so he's, like, so she... <laughs> yeah, that's the important thing here, because, like, you know, he's, 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 um, sexed all these other, like, other women of legal age. Now... He's gonna be like, hey, I'm so I'm so burly and sexy. I can even take on like a girls who I'm not even really supposed to be taking on. Like, here's the other thing. I'm I'm willing to bet that if we read the original Japanese edition of this, we found out that maybe she's you know not sixteen. Just who the saying. hell knows? Who the hell knows? Yeah, let's not think about that. In any event, he probably just rips her in half and you know calls it a day. Well, you know, it's like he kind of, he kind of, he, he does kind of like, you know, penetrate her just in the same way he did Yuko, because that's, that's how he rolls. Just and, but, a tip. Yeah, and she, and like, you know, she of course falls in love with him in the same way, and believe it or not, she's actually the ser- the girl that he winds up with at the end of the series. She survives all of this to be the girl that he winds up with when he becomes the head of the CIA. <laughs> Wait, What? Yes, because <laughs> as it turns out that you know, I, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here. But you know, after um, KHK becomes the uh, yeah, head of the mafia, he basically winds up um, running for GPX's um, head guys, um, General White and Indian Joe, which whose names are, well, yes, they are completely indicative of their racial, racial backgrounds. Really, honestly, and no, no, I'm really being serious here. White. It, General White is, you know, um, complete, you know, is complete is a complete honky, and Indian and Indian Joe is Native American, and you know they get their army from the Veterans Administration. Yes, the VA, made up of you know vets from all wars, to, to take out the take out our our protagonists, and you know then there's crazy shit like when our, when um, KSK and his crew have to hide in a church converted into a disco, they have to find the two dollar bills. Because like two of those are the symbols of the devil, and then toss them out in front of the church to ward off the uh, um, the veteran guys who are saying, "Oh no, two dollar bills, symbols of the devil." <laughs> oh yeah, I read that part. Yes. Yeah, so, all right, now I have context. Yeah. God, that's even stupider than I thought. Yeah, and at the one point when um, General when Indian Joe um, starts taking the bazooka to the um, Chinooks that come come down in, into the into New York to rescue Casey and his crew. But it turns out it turns him, it turns them against, turns the VA, the VA guys against them because you know the Chinooks are the symbol of America and rescue and like re- and they re- the VA guys remember, hey you know this 
these guys, are, these things are the symbols of our of hope in Nam, where they came down to rescue us, and now they've got you. It's like they're shooting at us, and they're, they're the bad guys. So it's like so General White and Indian Jaffa and do like a um like a belt like a, a belt fight like they have to like grab grab like grab grab a belt and just fight each other with knives. Because that's what they did back in Nam. Couldn't use their captors or something. They hold on to a belt and knife fight. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then the um, then you get this um, the final two volumes are basically um, like you know White after White and um, Joe have been captured, and they're fighting on um, Keisuke's um, helic um, aircraft carrier that he apparently has re- 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 um, repurposed as a uh, as a um, multinational medical facility for. Goodwill. His aircraft carrier. His aircraft carrier. Okay. Because you can do a lot of crazy shit when you got four trillion dollars to your name. I I guess so. Yeah. And best of all, it's like it's the point where um Joe where um after like you know White and um Joe um ha- like they um they keep trying to um beat keep Casey at his own game like getting to fire missiles at the Statue of Liberty to blow it up, but turns out the missiles aren't armed. They're just you know dummy dummy missiles. That still cause significant structural damage to the Statue of Liberty when they strike it? No, they don't strike it at all. So, okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it turns out they, that, that um, White realizes the uh, story of uh, Meng Huo, which, if, you were, if you've ever played Dynasty Warriors... Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. They actually, they actually pulled in some Dynasty Warriors shit here. Or Romance of the Three Kingdoms, really. When... Um, it's like when um Zhang, uh, when um Zhang Fei, the uh, the chief strategist for Shu, for Shu, uh, basically um, took on uh, Meng Huo of the uh, southern of the southern southern continent, and so we beat him seven times in order to um show him that you know hey it was ultimately that you you have you cannot beat us so you have to submit, and so that's what um KSK is doing when um White and um, Indian Joe are fighting on the like, on the aircraft carriers like hey you you can't beat us. You can't, you cannot beat us, so you're ultimately gonna have to submit. And ultimately, that's what White and Indian Joe do, revealing that GPX is no more. It was a CIA program called um, General Personnel X Files that was used to, um, like, you know, like create um, and, and manipulate certain, um, like, you know, certain um, followers for the, uh, like, for, for the CIA and shit. You just can't make this shit up. No, I can't. This is this is actual, actual story. And then, like, once Keisuke realizes that, you know, his vengeance over all these um, previous elements has been futile, he goes into the homeless section of New York, and then, um, th- then he just, like, goes there to live, and um, realizes, you know, what, do I still want to fight them? Do I still want to fight these people who have ruined my life? And he realizes, and um, his main goal is, like, you know, if I take the, the handouts from the, from the homeless shelter, like I will just like you know just be surviving and not living, and so then, but then he, but he doesn't, and then he breaks down a, a wall after not eating, not having eaten for like seven days, and realizes, hey, I still want to fight, and then the story ends when he feels like he has become the head of the CIA, and that Misty is still alive, and that you know they're still in love, and that they are now, they um they'll pay tribute to all of KSK's um, previous loves and his mom, like. At the um, at, at at the family family memorial at the end. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. And that's you know, I'm going to complete. Oh yeah. By the way, spoiler warning for this entire podcast. 
<laughs> because you know it's like really if I gave a shit about um, spoiling any of the series for you, so I would say that up front, but you know, really this is very garbage. It's the kind of series that you you talk about with your friends, just say, hey, you know, I can't believe a series that does this shit exists. And there you go. Because like Wounded Man, like I said, it's not boring. It does all this crazy ass shit over the course of its run that makes that does make it memorable. It does not make it good. It's like and yeah, like I I'll admit, like all this fun we've been having for like the past uh, 20, 30 show minutes. Makes it like we're endorsing this kind of the kind of behavior that I'm like, not. Yes, <laughs> I mean like we're, we're trying to tell you that yo hey this is all complete shit. Everything you do not this does not represent any kind of like you know any standard of like um, respectable human behavior in a series. And it's got like I say it's terrible, but um like I say it's like I say, it's not it's not boring, it's not good, and you know it probably best. Best deserves to be forgotten. I mean, you could listen. You could listen to this and say, "Hey, this sounds this sounds awesome," but you know, it's like just as long as you, you can enjoy, just so long as you recognize that this is not like a, that. This does not represent any kind of a mindset that should be replicated in public by anyone anywhere ever. Exactly. Thank you, Steve. Um, and on that note, though, is there anything else that um, I'm forgetting to mention here that I should, you know, in context with the series? Oh man, um, no. I mean, just on principle, we should just destroy these volumes you have laid out here. But yeah. well, volume yours. three, is, volume three is falling apart. So I mean, it's getting there. I see the ravages of time are doing what we are not. Yeah. Um, no, I think you pretty much, uh, I think you pretty much covered it. I think you pretty much covered it. Yeah. If you want a good um, Kazuo Koike Ryoichi Kagami collaboration. Um, check out Crying Creamin, which you know it's still mainlining a lot of testosterone, but not to the toxic levels that a wounded man does. And at the same time, though, there's there's also um, Offered, which is another um, loss to the um, like series that um, Hong Swan published along with Wounded Man that I, that apparently involves like like an MIT genius um, taking on Nazis for a buried treasure that I have not yet read, but probably should. And um, but Fuck yeah, Nazis! Let's kill yeah. them all. <laughs> yeah, because you can't go wrong with fighting Nazis. And um, and also, um, you know, Koike's um, signature work, um, Lone Wolf and Cub, is being republished by Dark Horse in a series of um, Lone Wolf and Cub is being republished in a series of Omnibuy. So that's worth checking out as well. Wounded Man, um, it's it's been out of print for a good long while now, and if you're yeah, if you can't find it, then um, well, then yeah, no great loss. Here. Well, I'll tell you, I just did a quick search on Amazon, and um, unlike other manga you find out there that's out of print yeah. and is highly in demand and people are asking outrageous prices for, uh-huh. that's not the case with this series. Oh, really? So what, what, what did you find, John? I found out that uh, people are selling it used for uh, pretty much the cover price of these things when they're in public. So you can buy them for about 14 bucks a volume. That wait, they're saying used for fourteen bucks. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, that, actually, <laughs> that, that's actually uh, not bad because I mean, if it's if it's selling for a cover price, mm-hmm. like after being out of print for so long, that's 
if it was selling, if it was being sold for like say two bucks, yeah, then I'd be saying, yeah, that's that's about right. That's what he deserves. But apparently, you know, it's like the fact that it's it has the name recognition from its creators, such as it is. That's actually that's actually not bad. Yeah. Well, that's their asking price. Whether these people are actually selling them at that price <laughs> is a totally different question. You've got a point there. So, all right. Is there anything else? Uh, next time we'll likely um, be talking about a much better um, series, um, probably um, either Usagi Ojimbo or um, Elf Quest, depending on what I get around what I get around to reading um, in two weeks' time. I say you go for Usagi Ojimbo, but all right, that'll be it for Comic Fix by the Glick, and we'll catch you later. Thanks, Steve. Anytime. Thanks, Steve. Bye.